Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Things Pilates. I'm Darian Gold. And grab the front of the chair right into your tendon stretch. Yes, come on, even if you don't go high. That's it. That's it. Nice long legs. Take those ribs up. The lower ribs have to lift, not the hips. And open the chest and lift your spine. Good. Press your head into your hands. Ooh, Sally. In our last episode, our guest, Tracy Belcher, talked about finding classical Pilates through her contemporary Pilates experience. If you haven't listened to that interview, please do so. It's a great one. This episode today features Paige Dent, another Pilates lover who found classical Pilates through a contemporary practice. But in contrast, Paige is all about the apparatus. In this conversation, she suggests equipment manufacturers that design apparatus without understanding the method's nuances are being unfair to their customers, and she does not hold back her opinions. Get ready for a feisty interview. Calling in from Suffolk, England, is Paige Dent. Hello, Paige. Welcome to All Things Pilates. How are you? I'm great, Darian. I am so excited to be talking about this with you today. So you're very welcome. Happy to be here. It's and not actually today here; it's tonight. Evidenced by what you're wearing, correct? That's right. Sitting here in my pajamas with my slippers on, but I've got my radio face on. <laughs> Excellent. So it's all good. Paige, what was it about Power Pilates that attracted you? Yeah, I was such a novice at the time, but it really was that. Most of the teachers that I knew in the Atlanta area had been trained with them. It, it's quite popular there. I think there are two cent, two power Pilates centers right in Atlanta, where one of them where I did my training. So you have a lot of teachers that open their own studios in that area. So it, it was just a name I knew, basically. I knew I could get a job, you know, working in a studio in that area where I happened to be living at that time. So it seemed like a sure bet. Did you try the apparatus right away or did you focus or did they focus on the mat portion of the system? Yeah, well, they break it down into component parts. And so initially they take you through the mat. I'm not sure how it works now, but at that time it was the beginner, intermediate and advanced mat courses. And you could stop there. You could stop after beginner. You could do beginner and intermediate. They encouraged you to go and do what they called the systems or the comprehensive training. But it was strange because it was never emphasized to me, or at least it didn't register if they did emphasize it, how important it was. If you're going to study Pilates, you need to actually study the system and and do the systems training. It was never put like that. So it was almost like you can have this product, this product, this product, and purchase whatever you want. It wasn't presented in in the way that I understand Pilates today. Did you eventually go through their entire program, though? No, I didn't go all the way through. I just did the mat work with them. And it was in England when I decided, all right, I need to come to grips with what this is all about. So it was really a journey for me, Darian, to kind of come to the place where I I wanted to discover what and, and I didn't actually know where to go. That was another 
interesting aspect of the journey is, you know, where do you go? Because you have now so many variations. Uh, You have contemporary Pilates, which really seems to be very dominant here in England. So you can go and train with physiotherapists, or you can go and train with people who are going to teach you modifications. You're not really going to come to grips with the repertoire. So I ended up doing this sort of apprentice program with, I don't know if you know Melinda Bryan. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, she's in LA. So I ended up doing an apprentice program with her. But in that program, you have to get your hours in a studio that's near you. So I can tell you my training was very, hmm, a lot of open source, a lot of mixture in terms of the way things were taught, (laughs) which, you know. But which apparatus uh, were you using? Okay, so I was using whatever was available at the studio where I was training. I was using Peak initially. I did some training on balanced body. (laughs) How could you forget them? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I did a little bit on Allegro. I think it was called the Allegro. And all these machines were different. But at the time, I didn't realize how important this was. It was just, you know, this is a reformer. And I really thought one reformer was just the same as any other. That was my mindset. There wasn't anyone who said to me, hey, this is the way. And, and Melinda Bryan is traditional or classical. But I don't recall ever being told there's classical equipment and there's everything else. Basically, the focus was on learning the repertoire, not so much yes. explanation of the components of the system and in the classical work, why we go with a specific company because of the yes. measurements haven't really changed in 70, 80, 90 years. Exactly, Darian. You know, that's exactly right. Is It was focused on just learning the repertoire, which you and I discovered down the road. Certain things aren't even possible if the equipment isn't right. They're not possible to do. Let me ask you something about your strength, because you are mm-hmm. a very strong woman. I never saw you compete, but I'm sure you're a strong competitor. How do you compare the strength training that you developed as a gymnast and then that of your Pilates training? Oh, I'd say that's one of the things I loved about Pilates, even just the mat work when I was first just doing that. But then getting into the equipment, it feels very similar. Equipment feels kind of like apparatus. We were always on different apparatus in the gym, weren't we? And also, you know, moving through progressions is very natural to me. You didn't do double back until you could really get the height on just one backflip. You know, you didn't even begin to train that. So with Pilates, there's a similar component in that you work very basic, you work very specifically, and then you build the strength and the, the inner strength to actually move along these progressions and see how challenging. And what I'm finding is like with every step, there's more challenge. Like, it's always there. When I get to the next level, Pilates is there. It's going, hey, here I am. Now you can try this. Now you can do it this way. And that, to me, is that's one of the things I love. It's like I can go on forever and never feel like I've arrived there. Yeah. So there's always a challenge. And gymnastics is very much like that. And yes, in terms of strength, I've just 
conditioning the body, I just don't see anything that rivals it. And, you know, I'll have people come to me who, you know, I have a, a girl now who comes and she, she runs. Just the other day, she did a 64-mile 64, 64 run. And so she runs, you know, and I have uh, swimmers and uh, cyclists. But they need conditioning. They need balance in their body. And Pilates challenges them very deeply and provides so much for them because they're doing a lot of repetitive work. There's a lot of potential for repetitive strain. And we're just balancing it out challenging the areas that don't get strong because they're overusing certain areas and underusing other areas. It's a conditioning program, and that's what gymnastics was. Let's talk about the equipment, because when you first went to England, you had your own studio. Did you, before you purchased the equipment that is no longer in your world, did you go to other studio owners and see what equipment that they used? No. See, I was, I actually didn't start out in my own studio here. I worked in a studio and she already had, she had peak. And so most of the work that I was doing, the teaching was on that equipment. Still, again, my understanding of the importance of this was evolving. She's also a contemporary teacher. So her training is very different. And so the equipment she has in there suits, I guess, although I never found a need for five springs and five different settings for the foot bar and locking everything in place. And I think in some ways, all of these things that have been done to try and make Pilates fit everybody have actually impeded the process of Pilates itself. Does that make sense? It does. So at the time, I wasn't aware of how important this was. So I just would have, I would have taken anything. You should have seen the first reformer I got my hands on. That was a joke. That was a laugh, but hey, I needed to learn. I needed to get a reformer. And then um, I picked up this as a secondhand one. I don't even know. I can't even tell you what the brand was. Now you can sort of get these things that you can fold and put under your bed. This wasn't quite that. But, and then I got my own, and that one was the English. Um, it was an English make. That's the one that I taught you on, correct? Yeah. So that's the one my clients have been familiar with. That's the one I went through my training on. And it wasn't really until you and I started to get down to the heart of the matter that it, was, it became very clear that, look, you're not going to understand this on this equipment. That seems kind of harsh, maybe, but that was my reality. That was what I came to. And that's the reality I shared with you also. Take us to the day when your Grotz apparatus showed up at your door. What was that like for you? After all the oh struggles God. you and I had, just teaching stomach massage series or the rowing series. Oh my God. You know what? I just suddenly felt like a real Pilates teacher. Like I'm real. I'm authentic. I finally have the real deal to offer. Now I knew I needed to kind of get to grips with, but I had been training. So it's not as though everything I had done to that point was useless. It wasn't at all. In fact, I was going to tell you this. I had gone to a conference in Rome was it last year, last summer? And they give out these t-shirts and Graz, Graz obviously was sponsoring the conference. And so you could come and pick up your t-shirt and it said on the back of it, graduate to Graz. And I thought that is so appropriate for me because that's how it felt. It was like graduation day. And there I was with my t-shirt and my new equipment. And I thought, actually, I've worked, I've earned this. And now I'm ready to actually have the right Respect. So my journey actually was 
it was useful for me because I was in the right place in consciousness when I when I got my equipment. That's a beautiful day. Yes, I agree. Can you give us a little insight for you straight away from your old reformer that you gave away or sold mm. to oh. your Graz reformer? Can you say a little bit about the differences that you noticed from the jump? Footwork? Oh, gosh, you know, you know, yes, I mean, everything, but they're not actually comparable in a lot of ways because the, the Graz machine is designed for the repertoire to, to let you keep moving, moving, moving. You know, you don't have to get up and put the foot bar down. You don't have to unclip the foot bar so that it's safe. You have to be in control of the apparatus, which was the whole object of the exercise, right? We suddenly go from having everything done for us, propped up and stabilized, and we're not having to think anymore. The huge revelation that all this was in my hands now, you know, and easy, easy, simple to make the adjustments that I needed so I could move on to the next thing. And then you suddenly get to experience what the real pace of the Pilates rhythm is supposed to be. And it's just intense. And I remember talking to you. I don't know if you remember this, but I messaged you and I said, I've just done the basic on the reformer and it nearly killed me because I hadn't had it. I hadn't had the experience at that pace. You know, I think in the contemporary world, which is the one I kind of came out of, everything is done in sort of parts and pieces. You're looking at knee function or foot function. And I'm not saying that's irrelevant. But it is not the same as the whole body having this experience at a rhythm and a pace. People here or people in that, I have heard people say, oh, yeah, you don't really sweat in Pilates. You know, it's just mm -hmm. um, stretching and that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, oh, that is so far. Yes, it is. And, and if you're not working on the right equipment, how are you going to have that experience? So, Correct. Yeah, you can't really compare the two. Well, let me ask you about the Wanda chair or the low chair. You had another version. I seem to remember trying to teach you going up front or going upside, and there was not a lot of room for that foot on top, right? That's right. That's exactly right. So it was a combo chair. And yeah, I'm, I kind of am not sure that a combo chair is either one or the other very well. Yeah, it was very limited. The, the seat was not as deep, so you didn't have the depth. It made going up front actually very unstable. And that happened to be a split pedal as well. Doesn't help with one-to-chair exercises at all, at all. So I'm in love with this one, with the Grox one-to-chair. It is beautiful. It is absolutely, you know... It just invites you to stay on and experience the work. It, it's so beautiful. In fact, that's one of the things that my students, when they came in and saw this equipment for the first time, they, you know, somebody said, this is like the Bentley of Pilates equipment. And Yeah. Speaking of your students, mm. what has been their feedback once they have been on it and you've taken them through a lesson? Well, I, most of them say that it's harder it's harder, Paige. It's so much harder. You know, it wasn't that they weren't working hard before. It's just that you can't really experience the nuances or the little things if the dimensions aren't right. My students have had an amazing experience with pulling straps and T-press. See, uh, all the other machines that I've worked on had risers at the end. That 
totally changes the experience. So you don't have that on a classical machine. I think that the way the leather moves across that wheel as well, this, that makes it totally different. But And the box is smaller. It is very, it is, what's that? The box is smaller than most of the other companies. And the box dimensions, that's right. Yeah. And it's actually quite a bit more comfortable. You know, it's nice to be on. And yeah, the dimensions are right. But it's actually difficult to do pulling straps and T-press correctly on a Graz. So it's, it's, you can challenge the body perfectly, just where you need to. Have and they noticed changes? Totally. Oh, gosh, yes. People's bodies changing, especially those who come, say, twice a week. And as we were talking about before the show, I got a phone call from one of my, from the massage therapist of one of my students who she said, Paige, you know, I don't know what's going on in there, but this girl's body is changing. And I thought that was remarkable for her to notice after, you know, one month or a month and a half or something of this girl working on a different, on um, different equipment, that her body had changed, that the shape had changed and that she was um, less rigid in areas where she had been really stiff. More, she was, she was moving easier. And that was incredible. And that just came out of the blue from someone's massage therapist. And she said, should I be in there working with you? Abs- did you say absolutely? I did. I did. I'm curious if any contemporary teachers in the area have learned about your new apparatus and are curious enough to call you up and take a lesson. I have had some because I have a lot of friends, most of whom have contemporary backgrounds. I haven't had any come and work on this equipment so far. They all know that I have it and, you know, have said, oh, I'd love to come and experience that and see what it's like. And, but I haven't had any of the teachers actually show up. And I'm not pushing that. But again, you, you, you come in and you work on this equipment and you feel that challenge and you have that experience. It can make you rethink everything. Have you noticed that oh. your body has changed, Paige? Oh, yes. Gosh, totally. Every day, it seems, I notice something different. Also, it's not how my body has changed. It's how I'm using, how I use my body because the equipment is designed to fit the repertoire. The repertoire fits the equipment. And I'm using my body in ways that I wasn't able to use it before because I can access different areas of my body because, you know, the distance of my, uh, the height of the shoulder block or the fact that there aren't rises, or the dimensions of the block, I mean, of the, um, the box, or the distance of the carriage to the foot bar, that can vary a lot. Or the weight, the weight of the carriage is another thing that's huge, and that can vary a lot. When you have all these things the way they're supposed to be, then your experience, you know, it, the way that I'm using my body is so different, so the changes are coming thick and fast, really. Do you feel more grounded? More grounded. I suppose, yes, in a certain way, I feel more grounded in the method, but there's also a part of me that knows that I've got a long way to go. And to really feel that I'm, I don't know, I'm still going, I'm still learning. I'm still in that journey, which is wonderful. And speaking of you as a student, how did you find me? I don't even remember. Okay, you had done your app 
your um your first app and i was desperate i needed to go down the classical route and i saw you somewhere i saw your work i saw you and i said i and then found out you had these apps and i thought she's the one she knows this work clearly you could see the way you you executed things this woman understands this work and then you know so i started actually working with your app and doing the um, the lessons and doing them and noticing the changes in my body. This was all Matt. And then I went to your website and saw that you were offering Skype lessons. And that that was an amazing time because that's right when I needed you. <laughs> For some of our listeners who don't Skype or they don't know about online lessons, can you describe a lesson and how it has helped you? Because obviously my hands aren't on you. It's my eyes on you. It's a different experience. But can you explain what this has been for you? I have heard that argument made and people say, well, you can't really have a Skype lesson because, you know, it doesn't work because they don't have your hands on you. And yes, it's, it's really wonderful to have someone come and put their hands in a place and you go, oh, it, you know, it lights up the area that needs to be activated. But having said that, I think you can have a absolutely thorough, amazing lesson that's just the same as being inside the studio via Skype. It really depends on who's, the, who's on the other end of that call. So it's the teacher. And that's where we have to have discernment, you know, because that's what I, is important to me, really, is knowing that who is doing the teaching has the experience and the expertise to actually guide me. So I, you know, and clearly, uh, Darian, you know, that's what I found in you. That's why I keep coming back to you for my lessons because, and, and I, we have this ongoing relationship because, you know, your guidance and I feel that, you know, you know what to look for, you know, where the camera needs to be, you know how to correct me. And the more we work together, the more you get to know my body and the more, you know, when this needs to change or that needs to change. So I actually feel like a Skype lesson is just as good as being in the studio, especially as you develop <laughs> a relationship with with each other. Yes. The instructor definitely has to have a detailed eye and understand this work and its nuances to be able to continue to progress and advance a student, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think just anybody should be teaching Skype lessons. I think, you know, you do, like you said, you have to have the trained eye. You have to know what to look for. You need to know the camera angle. I mean, you know, how many times have you said, turn your reformer this way, or can you move the camera that way? Or you got to know what you need to see and then how to cue what you're seeing so you can get what you want. Paige, if anyone who's listening who might be a contemporary instructor and or student, and they are thinking about going down the classical path, Are you open to having them contact you and they might have other questions before they lay down lots of money? Absolutely, yes. How can they reach you? I can always get emails via our website, rehumaning.com, or my personal email, pdentpilates at gmail.com is always a good way to get in touch with me. Okay, say that a little slower. That was way fast. Oh, sorry. (laughs) pdentpilates at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm so excited for you because it is a new journey and it's unfolding as we speak and it will continue to unfold probably for the rest of your life. And more and more students will come and have that experience with you. 
I hope you liked my conversation with Paige. Just so you know, this was our final interview of 2020. Oh, a year we hope to forget. But we do have an end-of-the-season highlight show. I'll be sharing clips of some of my favorite interviews with guests this year. Then, January 6th, 2021, we'll be launching a new season with more great interviews, changing up the podcast format, and some exciting ways for you to get involved with all things Pilates. While you are waiting for the new season, be sure to go back and catch up on all the interviews from 2020. Follow us on our social media. And in case you didn't know, this podcast is Joe Approved. All Things Pilates is produced and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Podcast production is provided by Audio Ephemera. Until next time, be Pilates strong.